I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. by the Saints for a touchdown! Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans! We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak and a huge episode because there have been changes to the coaching staff, which I know all y'all have been waiting for. Ch-ch-ch-chinchilla. Um, what, what is happening Uh, anyway? Yes. Fun fact. We recorded a dry run of this podcast prior to the news coming out. Um, because you know, we, we initially were like, well, there's no, there's not going to be any GM press conference today. So we'll record a podcast kind of generically talking about what's going on. And then halfway through it, the news comes down that we were kind of expecting, right? I think anyone who's paying attention was like, they're going to make some changes. Saints are going to make some changes, but how sweeping are they going to be? That's how I phrased it, like midway through the season. Like changes are coming. The right. question is how sweeping they're going to be. There will be no head coach firing. I've still had people tell me that there's like, oh, maybe Dennis Allen's name is going to be next. No, oh. you do not fire assistants and then fire the head coach. Because if you fire a head coach, all the assistants are going to be gone anyway, um, or at least most of them. Right. So... In terms of the Saints, three names today. Doesn't mean they're the only three names, but three names today. Offense coordinator Pete Carmichael. That's not a huge surprise, but it's still a major sea change in terms of he's been here for 18 years. He's been the offensive coordinator since, what, 2009? It's wild. Like now, obviously, the last two years has been different in the sense that he's been the play caller and the lead right. offense coordinator, which, you know, anytime you're working with Sean Payton, he's the offensive, like, call it what you want. He's in charge of the offense, and Pete is the second in command. It's basically Joe Woods to Dennis Allen now. But Pete Carmichael, no longer the offensive coordinator. Two other names that I was a little bit more surprised by. Now, one is senior offensive assistant, Pete Bick, or Bob Bicknell. Sorry, Bob right. Bicknell, who, you know, I, I don't really know much about him. Obviously, exactly. I, I couldn't even tell you exactly what he did. But clearly, something wasn't, you know, working there. And then wide receivers coach Cody Burns. That was a little. That's more of a surprise than Pete, obviously. 
Yeah, I mean, I misread the situation. Like, if we, I did a podcast last week where I said, "Hey, I think that Cody is going to be safe in all this." Clearly not. Clearly, because like again, like we talked about this, Saints are only getting into their evaluations now. Hey, y'all, Jeff Nowak here. Just wanted to drop in a quick note. One of the reasons recording podcasts around this time of year is so annoying is because by the time you post something, it always always seems to be outdated. That's the case here. We talk a lot about Saints running backs coach Joel Thomas in this podcast. We suggest, hey, he might be going somewhere else. And wouldn't you know it, the Giants announced this afternoon after we recorded that they would be hiring him as their new running backs coach. So that will be a fourth staff change. I didn't want to delete the conversations we had about it in here because I think there's good context there. But I did want to let you all know if you're confused, running backs coach Joel Thomas is headed to the Giants it happened after we recorded this podcast. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Who dat? Go Saints. Woohoo. For someone to get fired today, that means that, you know, people were complaining. It's like, well, well you got to evaluate during the season. You got to get into the offseason and already know who you're moving on from. Clearly, they did. Clearly, they knew because, like, you can understand, like, I think. So, the way I kind of would look at it is if you were firing the head coach, that would have happened last week. You're firing a coordinator, that happens right now because everything kind of trickles down from that. So I wasn't expecting to see a position coach fired today unless like, like to me, that means that you are putting some of the discontentment in the wide receiver room and, and whatever that was on Cody. It means that you think he lost control of that room to some extent. At least that's how I read it because the, the broader picture of it is like the, you know, Chris Olave or she, she, AT Perry, they'll, they'll seem to be developing pretty well. Right, but then you have Michael Thomas over there sniping people with with passive aggressive tweets, and you're just like, well, something's not going right over there, you know. It might um, just be lyrics, though, bro. I don't know. Uh, well, we'll talk about Mike more. <laughs> we're gonna get into we're gonna use these first two segments to talk about the coaching moves and maybe what's. You know, we're gonna talk about the moves that happened in this first segment. What could be next? Who? Because who, there's still gonna be more moves made. However, how, however sweeping they are, again is the question. We'll talk about that in the second segment. Final segment, we'll get into what we had intended to talk about in the last time we started recording, which is some free agents and who's going to be up for free agency. And there's 24 names. Michael Thomas is one of them. So it kind of works in that you, you can we can talk about some of the wide receivers uh, at, relative to that. Um, but, you know, what, what? I mean, what's your what's your kind of initial reaction to, to seeing the firings today? Uh, definitely with P. Carmichael Jr. I, I think everybody kind of felt this had to be a move that needed to happen. Uh, we, we weren't expecting anything. At least you and I are in that group of not expecting Dennis Allen to get fired in this uh, whole travesty of a season, but there needed to be something different that happened. And obviously DA is the defensive side of the ball. Uh, while we did see some nice things down the stretch from this offense, just really too much inconsistency, uh, a lot of question marks. Even last year going into this year, we just uh, haven't seen – much growth from that side of the football and especially uh, the run game really not developing at all. Uh, Really curious to see what happens. Uh, Shocked that Doug Marone, the offensive line coach, uh, not a part of this, but like you said, the, this, the moves might not be done with this squad just yet. Yeah. Like again, like we'll we'll talk about that in the second segment, but I agree. Like there's going to be a lot of questions. And again, one of the reasons I'm surprised to see Cody Burns name on here today is because the evaluation process is just getting started. The team was off last week, or at least the coaching staff, uh, other than Dennis Allen, was off last week. That, that was more right. about 
Dennis meeting with Mickey and kind of coming up with plans. So again, like for someone to get fired today, that means that that happened right at the beginning of that process. You had already decided by the time the season ended that you were moving on. And and Cody Burns in particular, his second year coach came up from Tennessee. You know, like I I think the receiving the receiver room liked him. Like I never got any kind of hint that this there was some kind of discontentment there, but. You know, clearly, you know, sometimes it's hard with these position coaches to have a to get a clear idea of how things are going. Um, but yeah, last year you rebuilt the defensive staff, and that was kind of the focus of the offseason right. is you brought in a new off defensive coordinator in Joe Woods, you brought in a new secondary coach, you know, a new new defensive line coach, right? Obviously, Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard no longer here. Um, I am interested to see what happens with Chris Richard. I'm sorry, with Ryan Nielsen um with the coaching change in Atlanta, because Typically, when you hire a new coach, they don't keep the coordinators. Um, and I would be very, I would be stunned if they hire a Bill Belichick and keep the coordinators, because Bill has his whole his whole tree to pick from, right? Like, why would he go with the guy who's in there? But who knows? I don't know. Um, either way, you know, you you did that last year. You rebuilt the defensive staff last year, and this year it's the offensive staff. And my main criticism is like you should have you should have done this last year. Um, the idea, I think, in keeping keeping Pete was like, okay, well we can kind of rebuild this, get a quarterback in there. And, you know, you'll kind of see this Renaissance because you don't want yeah. to change offensive systems and you want to continue to do the things you did with drew with a guy that you think can replicate that. Now, obviously that went terribly. Um, you did kind of find ways at the end of the year, you know, the first four games of the year, you didn't crack 20 points. The final six games of the year, you scored 20 plus in all of those games. Right, your final two games of the year, you won seventy-one to thirty, but clearly that wasn't enough. Clearly, the, the the team looked at that and said, "We can replicate that," but there were too many issues around that to 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 keep it going. And and I I said this at the time when they were looking at it last year. It's like I think when you have a defensive head coach, you need kind of a rock star offensive coordinator. You need to look at your offensive coordinator as the head coach of the offense. And, and I just, I don't think that Pete was ever that guy. Like, like I've, I asked a few people, I was like, can you imagine Pete going into a room with an off, with the offensive players and like reaming them out? And like, can you imagine him raising his voice? I, I don't, I just don't see that. Like, and so when things are going well, I think he could, he's a good game planner. He's a good developmental coach, but I just don't know if he's a guy that I could trust to command a room. And, and that alone was what made me question you know, the idea to have him as the offensive coordinator, because I think you need that, right? I think you need someone who who people will, you know, if he's, if you, if you mess up, he's going to call you out on it and you're going to, you know, like, you know, obviously, you know, you don't need a drill sergeant, but you need to, you need to split the difference somehow. And to me, that was the, one of, one of my bigger, bigger, bigger gripes. And we talk to him every week, right? Like he comes out and does these press conferences and I'm just like, you feel bad it. for him. It's like a puppy dog. Yeah, for me with Pete, uh, we know that the personality really doesn't seem to jive as a NFL coach. And we've seen that, you know, uh, might be a big reason. Obviously, he didn't really get called for head coaching positions because of his demeanor. Well, right. Like you would never think of Pete as a head coach. No. You would never think of Pete as a head coach. But he makes sense with Sean. And that's why I, I fully expect him to land in Denver. <laughs> right. Like whether he takes over for for Lombardi, who's the offensive coordinator there now, or just becomes like a senior offensive assistant or whatever. Right. Some kind of role for sure in Denver is ahead of him. I agree. I would be stunned if he doesn't end up in Denver. 
But it's like that works. Like that combination works. I just don't think that yes. you know for the same reason you would never view him as a head coach candidate. He doesn't make sense as the sole leader of an offense. But you know, I think you know people are going to look immediately at John Gruden. Absolutely, and you know that's going to be awkward. But like we, the Saints went all in on Deshaun Watson. They clearly, if they think you can help them win, they're gonna. You know, you can you can talk. We can criticize it, but I think that if that lawsuit gets sorted out prior to the 2024 season, um, which I don't know, I haven't looked at it lately to see kind of where it is now. If that, yeah. it, as long as he's not suing the NFL, I think he's going to end up being a prime candidate for them. Yeah, that's definitely, obviously the name we've heard batted about the most. And, you know, it was initially, what was it last week or the week before? It's like, well, they're talking about bringing him in in a senior offensive assistant kind of role. Well, there's that open now and also the offensive coordinator. So it'll be interesting to see if this team really is in on John Gruden. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Yeah, and well, so we'll have, yeah, we'll have to see. And and again, you know, it, one of the things that I think is interesting, and and we talk, we could talk about this a little bit in this segment is like, like I said, I view when you have a defensive head coach, right? You need your offensive coordinator to be kind of a rock star, the head coach of the offense. And so, to me, I view firing your offensive coordinator is basically like firing the head coach of your offense. So what, what happens when you fire your head coach, right? You know, like you can't make decisions on the staff until you know who that is, right? Like, like we, we talked about this in the, in the never to be heard previous podcast, but we can get into it. One of the, the things that kind of grossed me out this here, week, right. one of the things that kind of grossed me out this week was the Falcons blocking their special teams coordinator from interviewing with the Giants. The Panthers did the same thing. They blocked their special teams coordinator from interviewing with the Giants. And so to me, that's gross because both of those teams fired their head coaches and they can say, well, we want to keep this guy around. We want to keep Chris Tabor. I don't even know who the Falcons guy is. We want to keep him. But the Falcons are interviewing Bill Belichick. You're telling me that if Bill Belichick said, yeah, I will come coach for you guys. 
Uh, but I want to bring my own special teams coordinator. And they're like, oh, well, out, we, right. we still got this guy. So you're going to use him. I'm like, no. If it, like whatever head coach comes in, maybe they'll be fine with that special teams coordinator. But you don't know. There's no way for you to know. So you're holding that guy hostage. And I, and I think like when you're looking at an offensive coordinator, it's not as extreme as that. But it's similar. Like if you bring in an offensive coordinator that you really like and he says, well, but I want I want to work with this guy. Not, right. I've got my line coach. I've got my wide receivers guy. I've got my tight ends coach. Right. So, like, I, I don't think that you can necessarily make a lot of those decisions right now. Yeah, that um, makes sense. And, <laughs> and so, but so I think, like, that's why you make that decision early because now you're, like, you're not going to interview a wide receivers coach until you interview an offensive coordinator. Right. Like, you wouldn't hire the wide – like, that's why people were like, well, well, maybe they'll still fire DA. I'm like, no, they won't. Because there's an order with which you need to do things, right? Like this, you know, we all had the PEMDAS, right? Like, and like there's an order of operations in firing and hiring coaches too. Like, if you're going to fire the head coach, you don't fire the offensive coordinator first. Um, so yeah. Anyway, anyway, like, I, I like Pete. I feel like I, I think you know, I think Pete was in over his head, and I think we could all have looked at that situation two years ago, yeah. and probably been like, I think he might be in over his head even before seeing it. Right, because the idea was like, well, this was Sean's show. It wasn't Pete's show. It wasn't like Pete was in the background pulling all the strings. Sean was pulling all the strings, and Pete was holding the strings. Then you saw it play out, and I think that was pretty clear that that's exactly what it what was the case. And so I think this was a year later than it should have been. And the question now is, who do you who who can you bring in? Who can be that guy? Because uh, it can get worse. Like that's again, like I, I said this during the season. Everyone's like, fire this guy, fire this guy, fire this guy. It can be worse. It can be worse. So you got to make the right decision now. Um, and that's why like, like firing in midseason didn't make sense either. Like why would that, how would that have been better? You would still be in this exact same position right now um, than you, as you were midseason if you fired him after like week 10. To me, uh, the, the notion that DA is still on the hot seat, you need to throw that out the window. If well, I mean, I think he that. is still on the hot seat. Right, but he's, his job, he's not losing his job going into this offseason. Right, the temperature's got to remain stable. It's cold outside. Oh, yeah, it's still, so he's probably it's like still thank you keep there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's probably like feeling pretty good now because it's like twenty eight degrees outside and his seat is pretty warm. And he's like, oh, this is good. <laughs> it's kind of comfy. <laughs> Not really though. But yeah, I no. mean, it, it's squarely now. All right, year one didn't work. Year two now, clearly the team's going to make some offensive changes. And now heading into th- year three. There ain't going to be anybody to quote unquote point the, point the finger back at. It's going to be Dennis Allen that's going to be the next one out the door kind of thing. Yeah, right, right, exactly, exactly. And and it's like people are annoyed, going to be annoyed by this. I understand why. But you know, one of the things that you know, I I, I did a whole podcast last week about like you just got to be realistic about where you are, and I think the Saints are being realistic about where they are. And you know, people say like, well, they're crazy to not fire their head coach. And one one thing that's like. I, I, there's no research arm of this podcast, believe it or not, you know, and I don't feel like doing this research, but the only reason I'm not saying that it's never happened is because I'm, I'm not willing to take the time to do it. So if anyone wants to do it to prove me wrong, I, I would, I would love it if someone wants to do this. Cause I've been asking people to give me examples of this happening. And to this point, zero, I have gotten zero responses that were even really close. Um, so three qualifiers. To, and that they're only three because that's what the Saints are – what you're saying is the obvious thing for the Saints to do right now relative to Dennis Allen would be to fire a head coach in year two 
who had his record improve year over year and finish above 500, right? Now, I will give you the entire history of the NFL to play with. Find me one example of that happening. Not a guy who, you know, went two and 12 in year one and four and 13 or whatever. The math doesn't work. You get the idea. Two wins in year one, four years in year two. I think that's Joe Judge, right? Like that's what happened to Joe Judge. That's a different scenario. If Dennis Allen won four games this year, yeah, fire him into the sun. Um, you know, it's it's not a guy who coached for 13 years and then got fired at age 72 after a nine and eight season, after back-to-back nine and eight seasons. That's not the same. You know, it's not a guy who's 71 and had his and and won five Super Bowls, but then you know had progressively worse seasons each of the last three years. That's not the same. Find me an example of a head coach who. Just finished year two, had his team's record improve year over year, and finished above 500. Find me one example of that happening in the history of the NFL. And I will be like, hey, look, this person did a really good good job of finding this. I'm just curious. Because otherwise, to me, I don't know if it's ever happened. And so like, that's why I don't look at this and say, well, they're crazy to only be firing the offensive coordinator into trying to find a new thing that fits. But it is it, there. There's a tight window, like a like a very narrow window. You're you know needle you're trying to thread here because Derek Carr's not going anywhere. But you got to find an offensive coordinator that can work with him and get it done quick because you're not yeah. going to have the ramp up time. Like no, people aren't going to view a new offensive coordinator as an excuse for the first half of this season happening again. No, right. You're you're going to be right back on fan shit list if this team comes out game one and the offense is sluggish and you know it's like it's like a nine six game. God forbid. <laughs> well, if the offense, I mean, like because you could you could look at this season and say, yeah, it was a slow burn, but by the end you were burning pretty hot. Right. They were clicking. They were showing signs of life. Yes. Now there's but but if if you come into next season and you look like you did in week two, week four, week right. six. People aren't going to take that. Like, that's the thing. Oh, that's great. We're right like, back to the start again. Yeah, you can't start over. You got to – and and there's reason to think that it's not just the offensive coordinator, right? Like, there's Derek more comfortable with Olave, sure. Rashid, A.T. Perry, Juwan Johnson, Kendra Miller, guys like that. So you're not going to start from scratch with them. It's more just, like, can the offense continue to work under somebody new? And so, like, for that reason, I don't think you're going to bring in someone who's going to completely change the system. So you got to bring in someone that can work within kind of those boundaries that you've already set. Like you're not going to change the entire playbook, but, but this is a good question of like, how much of it do you change? Because yeah. this is the first time in the last 20 years that you've had a new playbook in here that you've had someone, an offensive coordinator who wasn't an understudy who, who wasn't Sean Payton or an understudy of Sean Payton. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And uh, I think that's going to be what determines whether Dennis gets through year three. I really do. Yeah. To me, it's like, all right, uh, year one, whatever year two, we're going to make some changes here for the offense, but year three, there, there's nobody, like I said, to to quote unquote, point that finger at then your head coach. And then it's like, sorry, Dennis, we tried your way three years. No such luck. You're, you're out the door, but I mean, we know this division is pretty weak. So there's still that likelihood again next year. We're talking about, oh, the Saints could take the NFC South uh, because because of uh, what you're looking at. I mean, who knows who's coming back for the Buccaneers? Look at the run they're making right now. I don't think anyone expected yeah. that. 
Yeah. No. I, and and it, though the funny thing is, like, yeah, I, like I can make this argument. It's like year two, blah 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 blah. You can find dozens of examples of coaches getting fired after year three, including or or in year yeah. three even, right? Including Dennis. Yes. Uh, with the Raiders, like even even that terrible tenure made it to year three. Now, <laughs> once you're in year three, I, for, you know, I don't right. know, I don't know if there's like a class that GMs take. Where they, they kind of like go through, but it's very clear that a lot of them operate the same way in that kind of cycle of like, no, this is like the point where we have given you all of the opportunities that that are fair to give you, yeah, and then and then that's when the firings start. Um, you hear that so, when they draft players too. You can't really you know decide on a guy until year three. So uh, maybe it's the same thing with coaches, like you mentioned. Well, I just think that, like there's a point where it's like you need to give them time to actually implement things, right? Like it, right, it's kind right. of similar to college in that way of like you can't really judge a head coach until he gets his players in, right? And the reason it feels different for the Saints is because DA was there prior, but they're not going to like that's in terms of hiring and firing a coach. You're not going to like I've had people tell me that was like this is different because DA has been around since 20, what, 16, 2017. But like the, the, the front office isn't going to hold his time as a defensive coordinator against him in terms of like, well, you have a shorter lease as a head a leash as a head coach because you were so successful as a defensive coordinator. Either way, I do think it's, it's, it's something. And you know, like I, I'm as frustrated as anybody that we have to have these exact same conversations again. What is exciting though, is obviously there's change coming. And I think, it is definitely uh, much needed for this offense. It wasn't working. Um, we like we we saw those glimpses at the end, but it just wasn't enough overall. And um, yeah, I don't I don't know what kind of input Derek Carr is going to have on this, but I, I know we're going to talk about it more. That's why a guy like John Gruden does make a lot of sense right now. Agreed. And so let's wrap up this segment. We're going to come back and record another segment on kind of okay, what what's next? What other moves do we think might get made? And, and that sort of thing. This is Inside Black and Gold. I am Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Pete Carmichael. Outski. Start packing. Pack it up, Pete. Get those skis ready. Head over to Aspen. <laughs> That's Colorado. They're both Colorado. You've seen Dumb and Dumber, you? Yeah. We landed on the moon! Anyway. <laughs> That's, we're good. We're, we're going to go. This is Inside Black and Gold. Stick around. Ooh, that. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.